Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing engineer. Well, hello. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're all right out there. I'm in a weird position because as I talk, I'm about to go on holiday next week. But by the time this episode comes out, the holiday is over and I am back. So weird times. But there we go. That's just a little behind the scenes look into how early I record these podcasts. Sometimes a lot, sometimes not a lot. Anyway, this week I wanted to talk about rehearsals. Rehearsals mean different things to different people. What they're for, where they should be. All those kinds of questions are worth considering to make sure you're getting the most out of your band rehearsals, band practices, whatever you want to call them. So I want to talk about what rehearsals are for, when you should do them and where you should do them. All very important questions. So first, I want to talk about what rehearsals are for. What initially comes to mind might be different, but to my mind, rehearsals are for writing and honing songs, therefore getting tight as a band, and therefore spending time together. The first thing that came to mind for me, as I said, is writing songs and honing them, making sure all the parts work together, making sure everything um, just fits in, slots in together for the whole of the song. And it's a big part of rehearsing. It's a big part of rehearsing is getting that songwriting and honing that song down. Whether that is you sit there in a band room and you jam and you find out what happens or one band member has written an entire song and they're presenting it to the rest of the band and the rest of the band are learning it. That process is really, really important. You can sort of do that kind of thing online nowadays, but you really, really, really should do it in person if you can. It's a lot better. Communication's there. You can really vibe. You can jam on the song, that kind of thing. Really important. Writing and honing songs. Getting tight. I think this is something that a lot of people underestimate, that the more you play together as a band, the tighter you will be. If you've been to see a really good kind of experienced band and you go, wow, they just they just play like they're a machine. That's because they're really tight. They've spent that time rehearsing. It comes from gigging as well, but it comes from rehearsing, spending that time, making sure you just feel each other and you know what each other's going to do instinctively as they do it or before they do it which means you get that really kind of tight on the beat feel to it and it's the it's the number one sign of an amateur band if they just can't play tightly if you if there's some things that are just kind of a bit out of place that kind of thing it's just a number one sign of an amateur band now don't get me wrong if you occasionally muck up something live or in rehearsal it's you're not an amateur band don't get me wrong but you just need to be consistently tight or as tight as humanly possible with time you can get incredibly tight and you'll be surprised how far you've come. The last thing I've written on this for what rehearsals are for is spending time together. The last year and a half to two years has shown that you really do need to spend time with people if you can. It's beneficial for your mental health. It's beneficial for your friendships with those people. You want to be friends with people you are in a band with. If you're not friends with the people in your band with, that's not a good sign. I think carefully if you want to be in that band. Spending time together socially alongside the kind of musical spending time together is really important and it can't be underestimated. Sometimes the most important interactions in a rehearsal room are the jokey ones, the lighthearted ones. That is what's going to make you gel as a band. Don't underestimate spending time together, having a bit of food together, being really important. Don't forget that. Next on my notes, I've got written down, how often should you rehearse? I think it depends on what kind of, 
I think it depends on how experienced you are as a band, how well you know each other. So if you're a band who've been playing together for 30 years, you might need to do a rehearsal only every other month and you're fine. Just, you know, time to write new songs, that kind of thing. But if you're a newer band or a younger band, you should spend time together. Once a week is your best bet. More than that might be overdoing it. Less than that, you're going to start to forget what you've done. Once a week, get it regularly in your diary, same time, same place, that kind of thing. Just get it in there, get it in your diary, spend that time rehearsing, go for it. It's really, really, really important to make it regular, to make it a thing. Obviously, you can take breaks if one of you is ill or if you're on holiday or if it's you know Christmas or something like that. Take a break, sure. Or if a gig happens to be when you normally rehearse. But make sure you get that rehearsal in and make it important. Make it an important part of your week because it's the only way you're going to grow and develop as a band together. Another important thing that's worth saying is in the rehearsal room, make sure you don't have that volume creep. If you've been in a band, you know exactly what I mean, where one, it's usually guitarists and bassists, I'm going to say it, uh, one band member will set themselves, the other one will set themselves in relation to that band member and set themselves slightly louder. And then the other, the original guitarist will go, oh, I can't really hear myself anymore, turn it up a bit. Bassist will go, I can't hear myself anymore, turn it up a bit. And before you know it, the volume is so loud, no one can hear what's going on. It's just sonic mush. Don't do that. Plus, if you're in a if you're in a rehearsal room where you've got a little PA for your microphones, that thing's going to start feeding back if you have to pump it through at that higher volume. So be very careful. Avoid volume creep. Do it whatever the cost. Just avoid volume creep. After the break, I'm going to talk about where you should rehearse. Welcome back. Did you miss me? Well, probably not because the break was so short. But anyway, that's not important. The last thing I wanted to talk about was where should you rehearse? Really important decision. It's going to be very fundamental to if you can access it, what kind of times you can access this space. And there's a couple of options available to you. You can have a dedicated space or you can go to a dedicated rehearsal room, which has lots of bands coming in and out. And there's, there's pluses and minuses to each, I would say. Firstly, you can have a dedicated space. Now, if you're fortunate to be in a country like America, where people have more room to live, you might be able to rehearse in a garage, in someone's garage, because you might just have the space for that. And that's great. If you have the space for that, take it. You're not going to have to pay rent for it. You just got the space there to do it. Go for it. You may have to think about doing some kind of um, dampening of sound to not annoy your neighbours too much. But that is great. The other side of dedicated spaces is if you're renting a space. So it could be a kind of complex where there's lots of um, recording engineers and bands and mixing engineers and all sorts of kind of creative people who've got little rooms. And that's great. That's a good way to go if you can find somewhere like that. Or you might just find a random workshop type space and you can kit it out for what you want. Now, the great thing about dedicated space is you can rehearse whenever and however you like. If you are really fancy rehearsing as 2am on a Wednesday night, why not? You can do it. Now, if you are uh, getting a workshop type space and you're making your own space, think very carefully again about damping that sound down so that you can do crazy things at 2am should you want. Don't underestimate that. Finding a dedicated band space can be difficult. If you're in somewhere like London, where rents are incredibly high, it might be just too expensive. And that's okay, because there are other options available to you. But if you're in an area of the country where rent is a lot cheaper, 
that might be a really good option, as I say, because you can do that that crazy rehearsal time should you want, and there's no kind of caps on what time you need to stop. The other option is a dedicated rehearsal room. So you know how you know the drill. I'm sure you've been to these kinds of places. You go in, they've got maybe five to ten rooms, however it is, and you rent that and you rent it by the hour, and you can get extra little bits of equipment if you need and you pay for those. That is a very good way to go if you live in a big city like London, where rents are expensive, it's going to be too difficult often to find your own dedicated space. Rehearsal rooms are a good way out. You have to put limits on what time you're rehearsing, which is a bit unfortunate in a way, but maybe that's going to maybe that's going to give you more focus. Because you're paying by the hour, you've got to make that money worth it. And so you might have more focus than if you had a dedicated space. That's a potential advantage you may not have thought of. Additionally, you can get that regular booking in whatever night of the week it is, whatever you want to rehearse, and you can just have that as a regular slot. And that's going to be really easy to book for you. If you find the right night where it's available, you can just go for that and you can probably block book it. You might even be able to get a discount for block booking. So that might be worth asking about. There's all sorts of rehearsal rooms for bands. If you just literally Google rehearsal rooms and then wherever town or city or area you're in, you will be able to find these spaces. They do exist. They are very easy to find. They like being found. So it's not going to be a difficult Google search for those. So that's my thoughts really about rehearsals, what they're for, where they should be, when they should be, all those kinds of things. And avoid volume creep. Really, really, really important. That is it for another episode of the Music Survival Guide. If you enjoyed it, then please leave me a review wherever you listen to the podcast. I really appreciate every single one of them. Please also share it with any friends and bandmates if you thought it was useful. If you're just kind of getting started and you're trying to work out what your rehearsal should look like, this might be a good starting point for you. We really appreciate all of you. So if you're interested, there's a community on Facebook called the Music Survival Guide Community, a really original name. Hop over there for chats about music and band life with other musicians and industry people. And I will see you next time.